Caution, the contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. As you know, the state of the world has recently been closed due to a certain pathogen. While we're not delving into that topic directly here, our topic this week has at least some relatable history associated with it. We're going to be talking about one of the most modern composers we've encountered on this show, Leopold Godowski, and then we'll be listening to some excerpts from his unique work, the Tricontameron. Leopold Godowski was born in 1870 in the city of Vilna. This is part of modern-day Lithuania, but in Godowski's time, it was considered to be in Russian Poland. Godowski himself considered his heritage to be Polish. His family was one full of music lovers, however, none of them professional. His father was actually a physician who sadly died when Godowski was less than a year old. He had contracted cholera while treating patients during a cholera epidemic. Because of this, Godowski and his mother were taken in by friends who were also amateur musicians. They had a piano that Godowski was allowed to play with whenever he wanted. In his own words, Godowski says, quote, I cannot remember my first encounter with music. I was far too young. I have no recollection how I learned the notes. It all seemed perfectly natural and obvious to me, as though I had always known how to play them. And in fact, Godowski never had a formal music teacher until he was 14. At this age, he left home to study at the famous Hoch Conservatory in Berlin. He was so accomplished on the piano by the time he got there that he ended up only staying for formal lessons for three months. While there, his skill had caught the attention of the Clara Louise Kellogg Concert Company, which put on concert tours of great performers. Godowski was invited to the United States and made his public debut at the age of 14 in 1884. He was incredibly successful with this performance endeavor and never actually ended up going back to school. However, he did want to receive lessons from a performer he admired greatly, Franz Liszt. In 1886, he traveled back to Europe with hopes of meeting Liszt. However, by the time he arrived, Liszt had died. Instead, he sought out the training of Camille Saint-Saëns in Paris. Saint-Saëns was quite taken with Godowski and offered him not only lessons, but also to adopt him. Godowski turned down the second offer. However, the two remained good friends, and Godowski got his lessons. In the 1890s, Godowski was again living in America. He married Frida Sachs, which allowed him to become a naturalized citizen. Godowski stayed in America for 10 years, working as a performer and a professor of piano at various American conservatories. In 1900, Godowski went back to Berlin and eventually became the director of the Hoch Conservatory. As a pedagogue of the piano, Godowski was quite revolutionary. Prior to his teachings, the pressing of the keys had been described as being controlled muscle movements. However, Godowski had a philosophy that there should be as little tension as possible when playing. He thus described playing more like dropping weights of the fingers onto the keys. Godowski also worked on composition and transcriptions. Many of his compositions are quite challenging and sadly get little play nowadays. During World War I, Godowski again left for the relative safety of the U.S. 
Following the war, he never went back to the conservatory life, but he did continue to make concert tours around the world. The last decade of Godowski's life was a bit of a downhill journey for him. In 1929, he struggled financially when the stock market crashed. He then suffered a stroke in 1930, which permanently ended his concert touring. He also suffered the losses of his youngest son and wife in succession in the following years. Though Godowski still composed a bit, the end of his life was a quiet time for him indeed. He passed away in 1938 from stomach cancer. Of note, his remaining children were both quite talented, though in different ways than their father had been. His oldest son was the co-inventor of color photography and married Gershwin's sister. His daughter was a successful actress in the silent movie era of Hollywood. So now we'll talk about one of Godowski's most frequently heard compositions, the Tricontameron. The piece gets its title from the book Decameron by Boccaccio. This book was published in 1353. Boccaccio was considered a member of the Nouveau Gent merchant class of late medieval Italy. His father had been a merchant, but as Boccaccio didn't seem to initially like that profession, his father did allow him to go to school to study law. Unfortunately, he didn't really like that profession either, and during school he took to writing verse and prose instead. Thus, he made himself a poet and described those years as the happiest of his life. However, Boccaccio and his father had to relocate to Florence, and eventually Boccaccio was convinced to return to the merchant business. He still wrote on the side, however. In 1348, the Black Death swept through Italy. Records indicate that nearly half the population of most major cities died from the disease. Boccaccio survived, and his experience inspired him to write the Decameron. The book is a bit like the Arabian Nights, in that it is a collection of a hundred stories that are told within the context of another story. And that is, to avoid the Black Death, a group of ten friends escape to the countryside, where they agree to stay for two weeks. The premise of this goes that each day, a new member will set a theme, and then each of the ten people will tell a story that relates to that theme. At the end of the quarantine, allowing time for religious and personal days, the ten friends will then have accumulated 100 total stories. The Tricontameron was not composed in relation to any pandemic, but Godowski did compose one movement a day for a month in 1920, thus creating a collection of 30 pieces. They were all tied together in the fact that they are all written in 3-4 time. Today, we won't be looking at all 30 movements, don't worry, just a <laughs> selection of four. We'll start with number 14, titled White Caps. All of the pieces in this collection have very descriptive titles, and here we are obviously supposed to be transported to the sea. Even though it's very frantic sounding, the highest notes in each triplet grouping near the beginning outline a melody that is a little like a sea shanty. This movement is quite short. While most times we would expect a form of ABA, Godowski just decided to leave off the return of the A section, so we end up with only the first A, followed by a slightly different B section, that ends with a tiny coda. Next, we'll move on to number 17, titled An American Ideal. 
An ideal is a bit like a nocturne in that it is peaceful and conjures feelings of a certain time rather than having a definite program. What Godowski might have been getting at by adding American to the title is the slightly jazzy sounds that he throws in throughout the work. These chromatic and clashing chords do tend to stick out from the nicer surrounding harmony. In another instance of this, Godowski seems like he's going to end the piece with a nice major pentatonic scale. However, right after that, he mimics the pattern with a pentatonic scale in a different key. This throws off our ear at first, and sounds very much like a blues scale used in jazz music. Our next excerpt will be number 20, The Whirling Dervishes. This one is meant to sound more Eastern European or Turkish. Godowski accomplishes that by having rapidly repeated notes and extra ornamentation, like turns. He then gives us a hint of the Turkish march style, think like Mozart's Turkish march, with some very stately and measured passages and repetitive bass lines. He gives it an air of mystery reminiscent of Scheherazade by temporarily changing key and with heavy use of chromatics. And at the end, the dervishes whirl away. And our final movement for today is number 22, an epic. So my first thought on hearing this movement is that it has hints of Schubert's lead, the Earl King, with driving piano bass lines and the treble clef playing different characters in the story. The movement also has more sections than the other ones we've looked at today, with different moods that really do seem to be telling more of a definitive story than just giving a suggestion of a scene. Also, like the German romantics we've talked about before, they have a hallmark composition move where they have a big chromatic wind-up before the A section returns. We hear that as well here in Godowski's piece, even though the harmony is more abstract than the romantics would have been. Now, Godowski doesn't really strictly adhere to traditional forms for these movements, as we've seen already, and what this music is leading up to is not actually the A section as we would expect. Okay, since this is meant to be a story of some sort, Godowski was smart to choose a through-composed form. 
Through composition means the music changes and evolves as the story's telling goes on, with the themes not necessarily coming back at the end. And it's a good technique to show that there's character development. Your characters shouldn't be the same at the end as they were at the beginning. So we hope you've enjoyed our exploration of a great many topics in this week's episode. If you like what you've heard, please drop us a like on Spotify and a follow, and consider sharing us with your like-minded friend. And of course, leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. For the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. Selections from the Tricontameron were performed by Brett Bacchus. You can find The Coffee House on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. Music